I miss the sad songs that taught me what to feel. Where have you gone now? Oh, were you even? I miss the old friends who said that life's too hard and let me fade away like it never even mattered. Never even mattered at all. Never even mattered. Never even mattered at all. I miss a warm smile that taught me how to live. Where have you gone now? Why did you disappear? I miss the old nights when all we did was take the pain away, like it never even mattered. It never even mattered. I had Never even matter. It never even matter. Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course the music. We're only a few weeks into the new year and the music scene is buzzing. Diva Sweetly, Sleepless, Padfoot, and so many other bands have kicked off the year with solid releases and there's so many more on the way. And that includes this week's guest. This week I'm joined by Central Florida newcomer EJ Herbie. EJ was shaped by his upbringing in the church, which fostered and supported his interest in performing music. He credits his interest in indie rock and punk to a crush who got him first interested in metalcore, and then there was so much more. But that really gave way to a far more permanent love for pop punk and its cousin genres. EJ talks about his experiences that have shaped his voice in songwriting, the importance of his platform in sharing one with others, and so much more. 
So with that, let's hear some more of EJ's songs and then turn it over to the interview.
Put your words in my shredder But I'm the one told Welcome EJ to Angry Girl Music at the Indie Rock Persuasion. How are things going for you? Um, not bad. I'm really enjoying life. I'm enjoying myself and I'm just really thankful to be here. Hell yeah. Well, that's so awesome to hear. And it's so exciting to be able to chat with you. I've been hearing all kinds of great things about you personally and your music. Um, I think I actually first started hearing about you through um, Bobby Kidd and a bunch of other like North Florida projects and stuff. Oh yeah. I love, love my Jacksonville people. I love my North Florida people. And Anna's one of my really close friends in the Jacksonville scene. So I didn't know people were talking about me. That's cool. Heck yeah, it's awesome. And um, I'm really excited to be able to chat with you. Are you are you from the Jacksonville area or another part of Florida? I am actually. So I am from Jacksonville. I grew up in Jacksonville for about 10 years. And um, then I am recently moved to Orlando. Sweet. You're in a great spot. I've heard. I can't wait to kind of get more involved. I've only been here since like September-ish. So I'm really excited to kind of find some, I've already found some really cool bands down here, but to find some other cool bands and some cool shows and kind of really get involved. Oh yeah. It's a great scene in Orlando. Who are you really excited about? Um, Expert timing and kind yes. of angels. Um, oh, they are all angels. <laughs> yeah. yeah I've, um, I wasn't able to go to Pulp Fest, but I did go to some of the, um, I went to the a pre pulp fest show in Jacksonville, and I um that's where I familiarized myself with um the lineup for pulp fest and just kind of got to um I actually met Katrina um at like a arts and food market. Oh, which sweet! Is really weird. And I was just walking around and like buying earrings. It was around the time for Christmas, and I was buying earrings for my mom, and then she just kind of showed up and I was like oh hi and it was was a really it was a really weird moment it was a really cool moment though it's like oh yeah we're all people and that's a a cool moment to have oh I'll bet everyone's just a person and people can do cool things but ultimately you know we're all people we're all just trying to go to arts markets and buy things for our mothers I love the sound of that. And what a wonderful way to really get to know somebody is like in a more relaxed setting. I mean, we run into people all the time, I feel like at shows and at like intentionally artistic things, but it's cool when you get to sync up in like a more relaxed environment. Exactly. It was, it was really, it was really cool. Sometimes like, I don't know. It's, it's weird because sometimes even, even in a local scene, you can be like, wow, they're like, they're like rock gods, you know, like, wow, they're just, they're just so cool. And what they do, and especially as a musician, it's like, wow, what they do is so kind of like, it's like a level that's unattainable and stuff. And just to hear like, how can like awesome rock music come out of such human people? And then you remember that they're all human people and remember that you're doing cool stuff too. And so it's, it's kind of a really cool way of like bringing everything back into its normal parameters and back to reality. It's like everyone's human and everyone's has the, everyone has the ability to do cool stuff. And <laughs> it's, it's really awesome. 
Absolutely. And yourself included, by the way, I oh am such a fan of your music. I love the, just, first of all, your vocal capabilities are amazing. I have had a blast just like exploring your range. Oh, I'm having a blast exploring my range as well. <laughs> Can you really tell fun. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about how you kind of first got involved in music and when you started actually playing? Um, so I, so I grew up, um, I was born in Mississippi. Um, and then I lived in Baltimore and then Jacksonville and in Baltimore, that's where my grandparents lived. And I was at, and my parents were always really involved in church and everything. And so that's kind of where I got my first exposure to music. And it wasn't even like an exposure like, oh, I was singing every Sunday. It was just like, they played music every Sunday and we listened to music on the way there and on the way back. And I just kind of got to the point at like age six or something where I wanted, I really wanted to get involved. And so I actually, I actually, um, started playing during church services. I started playing drums during church services, oh, much awesome. to much to the um, disappointment of my uncle because I wasn't very good. I was <laughs> I wasn't very good at all. I was just kind of I was just kind of banging stuff, and then he was like, "Sit down," and then he was like, "Oh, that wasn't right." And so he kind of taught me how to play drums a little bit better. And then I moved um, I moved to Jacksonville when I was ten, and then there's, I just kind of tried to get better at drums and I had taken piano lessons before then. I didn't really start singing until, um, until high school, um, ninth grade, when there were auditions for like a magnet school in, in Jacksonville called Douglas Anderson. And I really didn't want to go to like any of the other schools that I was zoned for because like, I just, I don't know, I felt like I wasn't going to fit in or anything. And I really wanted to go to an art school, have an art school experience. But I also didn't want to be in band. And I just didn't know what to do. And so I auditioned for choir. And I got in. And then I just kind of kept singing. And that, that was like five or six years ago. And now I sing way more than I used to. That's really and cool how really, you just evolved like that. Yeah, it's so it's so weird because like you'd ask like six year old me if he wanted to be like a singer, probably would have said no. Like I I would have been like, I wanna be Batman or something like that. But, <laughs> I'm gonna be the Batman with the drums. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be Batman and then but instead of like a billionaire, I'm gonna be a drummer in the daytime and like that. <laughs> but it it's just really weird because I I really singing is something that I now really enjoy doing and I didn't think that that's what I was going to get into when I started playing music and everything. So it's really cool how one music experience can lead to another. And yeah. it's weird how like church and like gospel music brought me like with ultimately without like gospel music I wouldn't be into any other music it's like it's, it's such a weird thought like if i did not grow up in church then i wouldn't like music at all no that's amazing how that influence works and like 
Gospel can be such like a foundation for so many types of music and it's an entryway into exploring so much else, especially if you're like playing in your church band. So many independent musicians come from that background. Oh yeah, no, definitely. It's so, it's cool because like for the longest time, I didn't know that other, I didn't know that other genres of music existed. Like I'm sure that at a point in my life, I had no idea that any other genre existed except like gospel music. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know when the light turned on in my head, but I think it was like, I, oh, I know. I think that only pop music existed and then only gospel music existed. So there are only two types of music in the entire world. And then I heard <laughs> like, and then I heard, um, what song was it? It was off of Paramore's Riot album. And nice. I don't, I don't remember. Oh, it was Misery Business. Of course it was Misery Business. And I heard, <laughs> heard Misery Business and I was like, this is not gospel music at all. And <laughs> it's also not pop music at all. And I don't know what to do with my life anymore. And that was like my first band. And that's, that's really, it's really cool because once again, it wouldn't have been possible with like the foundation that I had. Like I wouldn't have liked music if I wasn't brought up in church, if I wasn't listening to gospel and if I wasn't like playing drums badly at six years old. That's so cool how you just like continued to grow and you started to expose yourself to other styles of music and stuff. I mean, Paramore is an awesome gateway to have when it comes to exploring like the alternative and independent music and such. Was that kind of like your gateway into exploring what's like in music <laughs> and stuff? It was, it was a start. Um, I was, so when I found Paramore, I was like, well, this is awesome. And so then, I, there was a point, I think it was sixth grade, where I was just listening to like Paramore, like Coldplay, um, and I was listening to Paramore, Coldplay, Michael Jackson, and Fall Out Boy. And that was like it. Like those are all the music people that I had any idea of who weren't like gospel music. And then in seventh grade, I had a crush on this girl and I was like, I gotta, I gotta like get in there. And so, <laughs> and so I started talking to her and she was like, yeah, um, I'm really into music. I was like, dude, I love music too. That's so crazy how we can both like love music. And <laughs> she was like, yeah, I really like, um, I really like, you know, like metalcore. And I was like, Whoa. what is metalcore? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, I really love like, um, hopes die last and uh and like bring me the horizon and like issues and stuff like that oh wow I was, like I was like wow <laughs> I love all of those things too and then I just right after I went home I stayed up all night just listening to metalcore and wow. that was the that was the start of my scene phase and <laughs> that's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> it's, and that was just that was the beginning of my scene phase. And it's, and it was also, I think it was the beginning of me like being open to explore different things because it was like, well, if I'm gonna get this girl like me, then I just, I just have to listen to a bunch of music. But then I just really enjoyed listening to music and it wasn't even about her anymore. And I think that was awesome. So I think 
think my first real exploration was trying to get a girl to like me and staying <laughs> up throughout the night listening to weird metalcore bands. And that was exploration. That's awesome. We've all been there. I had that point where actually it was, um, I was a boy probably in middle school, just like that. And uh, I was literally pulled aside. I'm like, hey, he, he literally just was like, hey, listen to this. And I was like the only person that would actually sit there and listen to this guy play like Taking Back Sunday and like uh, Alisana uh, and like, oh my gosh, all these crazy bands. And I'm just like, I fell in love that day forward. And it was not with him. It was with the music. And oh my gosh. It's the trajectory. Sometimes that's just how it goes. Sometimes, sometimes it takes gateways. Yeah. Know? Gateway, just... Sometimes people are just gateways and like, <laughs> I don't know, so many, so many situations in which I've been in like weird, like I've tried to, like so many people who I've like admired and like people who I've been, who I tried to like, and tell who I tried to have like romantic relationships with and everything, who just show me like cool music and stuff. And sometimes we ended on like terrible terms, but I still have the music. And it's like, I was talking to one of my friends earlier yesterday's, every relationship that you have kind of just kind of changes you and you are not the same. You can't wish, man, I wish I never met this person. You would not be the same person. It's quite remarkable how our relationships change you our relationships grow you no matter if the relationship is good or not and like in terms of music like I think every I think every relationship that I've ever had romantically and a lot of them just platonically have grown me musically it's amazing how that like human interaction can just like shape your art in that sense because it's whether it's oh, yeah. you're making or the art you're consuming and that's that's Definitely the most positive way to look at the duration of relationships is like, oh, hey, yeah. I still have the art, whether I made it or it's art that I'm consuming. That's awesome. My relationship sucked, but at least she gave me cool music. <laughs> you know? So you're listening to these metalcore bands. You're kind of being cultivated in the church community, in a sense, with your music, too. Um, at what point did you decide, hey, I want to step out and start playing my own music? <laughs> So, um, a couple of years ago, I, I, I was at this church and this church that me and my family had been at at Jacksonville for the longest time. And then, but I wasn't really like, I was playing like keyboard and stuff. I wasn't really doing anything big or anything. I was just kind of trying to grow myself as like a musician on the keys and like trying to not even direct choirs, but just like sit there and make sure people are singing right notes and everything. But like, the we had a new music director, and he came up to me and he was like, "Yeah, so our our like praise team, you know, we just don't have too many guys to like sing songs. So like this coming year, we're really gonna be like developing you so that you can kind of sing songs and play guitar and everything." And I was like who gave you this idea? Cause I had never done anything kind of like that before. Um, like on, like on stages or singing songs or leading songs and stuff like that. But sure enough, like January of, and like two weeks after that, he put me on the stage and I sang 
for the first time in front of like a lot of people. And it was, it was rough. <laughs> I did not, I did not enjoy myself. I lost my voice. <laughs> um, our church has three services and I lost my voice after the first service. And oh, wow. Yeah. But it's like, you can't just not sing after because you have more church to do. So, <laughs> I, so I just had to keep singing. And it was probably like one of the worst performances or like performance singing type things I've ever done. And then I was like, somehow, whatever drugs I was on, they were like, yeah, this is awesome. You should keep doing this. And so I kept, I kept singing and everything. And like, just when you, when you do anything, the more you practice, the more you do it, like the better you get, or at least if you're doing it right. And so I was just getting better and better at singing like church music and everything. And then um, uh, my mom, she's actually like a, she puts together a lot of charity stuff. And so there was this big service charity event that was going on in Jacksonville. And I was like, I can help my mom in anything that I kind of want to do, but I really want to kind of do a benefit concert and kind of give back to like a community organization. And so I, that was my first time I put together a show with like July, which is like six months after I'd sung for the first time. Wow. I put together this show with, um, with a couple other like people who had written songs and everything. And that was my first time. First, that was my first time putting together a show. That was my first time booking anything. And then that was my first time singing like original music. And it was me and two other artists and we raised like, we raised money, like $300 or something. And then we gave back to the charity. And then I was like, wow, this is awesome. And that's it. And I was like, I'm never going to perform these songs again. And then one of the guys who I played with and that show, he said, yeah, I've got this gig lined up for, um, I've got this gig lined up at one of the venues in Jacksonville. It's called Murray Hill Theater. And I don't know if you've heard of it or anything, but he's like, yeah, I'd really love if you would be able to play the gig with me like you've done so much for me, put me on my first show and everything, and I'd love for you to play it. And I was like, I mean, I guess. And then, I mean, I just started playing with this dude more, and eventually I joined his band. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, I joined his band, and then that was my first real introduction to like a local music scene. Mm -hmm. I I started playing shows with him, and I started trying to put shows together with him and jump in on shows with him, and that's how I gained a lot of the relationships that I have now. And then around, so I've been playing in this dude's band for a while, and then. April of last year, I kind of got the sense that I needed to kind of work on stuff that I had put together by myself, you know, like my own solo project. And so me, me and this guy who I was in the band with, we kind of parted ways. And then I really wanted to kind of explore like the kind of music that I wanted to do by myself and what kind of 
what kind of solo sound I really had because I'd been doing a lot of things with a lot of people. Like I'd been in different church groups. I'd been singing different types of church songs. I've been in a band that someone else started and I'm super thankful for every single one of those opportunities and thankful that I had every single music experience that I did with other people. But it was just kind of like, I didn't know, I didn't really know what I sounded like. Mm -hmm. So, and it's kind of weird because music is kind of that thing where you could, where being a part of someone else's music, you kind of, you and, other people are kind of mixed in together and that musical and that musical kind of experience is kind of mushed together and it creates something kind of cool and unique but also it's not it's not yours anymore and that's not bad but you kind of need to figure out who you are before putting putting yourself with other people so i kind of had to just do some solo music some soul searching and just put some songs together the way i wanted to put them together and that was kind of where i started in april of last year that's kind of when i really started writing and performing on my own and now we're now we're here that's awesome what kind of like sound were you starting to shape for yourself like how would you describe as you were trying to like find your own voice what kind of uh I don't want to say genre, but like sound were you going for as you were starting to put together what would be your project? So, so when I, when I can't, when I started working on my project, um, I was really, it was a weird place because there was just because of the personal stuff going on around me. I, and in my own life, I was just kind of like, what am I supposed to do now? Yeah. <laughs> it was just a really, it was like a really like, not completely lonely experience, but it felt really lonely. Like, what am I supposed to do now with music? What am I supposed to do now in this moment? And I just don't, at the time, I don't really know if I was really thinking of a genre in general. Um, I was just kind of trying to, right i was just kind of trying to write and trying to make sure that it was me like there were some points in which um so i was the band that i was in was an indie folk band and um and it had it had a, some different influences but ultimately it was really like an indie folk band and i was just trying to write music that i was that i was sure was me and there were some points in like the process of writing the music and writing like the lyrics of the of the ep that i put out mm -hmm. um this past year that i was like whoa that sounds like that doesn't sound like me that sounds like the band i was in that sounds like this and that but i was really just trying to and i and i didn't really understand at that point but now i kind of do that um those experiences kind of change you and they kind of become my experiences with that band became like my experiences that became my musical experience and it kind of changed how I played. So and I'm trying to answer this question. I don't know if I was going for a genre and I don't know what genre to kind of put that 
to kind of put that project in. I would I would call I would call it like singer songwriter more mm -hmm. than anything. Um, has some has some like R and B influence in it. Um, has some alternative influence in it as well. It has some indie influence in it as well. But it's just really. I don't know. I just wanted to write songs and then I wanted to record them and I had no idea like what to call them. I've actually been struggling about the genre question for a really long time. Yeah, like, and um, it's it's hard to be boxed into like a genre anyway. And I don't I don't like the pigeonhole folks usually. Oh, yeah. like, there's so much that goes into being influenced as an artist, I'm sure. But yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's kind of weird cuz like and just me from an artist standpoint, I don't I don't like being pigeonholed, but also, yeah. but also like so much of, so much of like how modern music works and how like, and how um, just about being heard works is you've got to, you've got to put yourself somewhere, mm -hmm. and that's, and that's kind of, and it's kind of like tragic because like, what if like there's nowhere. What if you don't feel like you fit anywhere? Then you're like, <laughs> you're like, what playlist am I going to be on? And I don't know. <laughs> like, it's just such an odd. It's so odd that we make music and then we put it out and then we have to package it in a way that people will hear it if they like X, Y, and Z. If you like yes. X, Y, and Z, then you'll most likely like me unless you're like a free thinking human being and your <laughs> and your taste can differ based on everyone's music taste is a little different like yeah. no one has the exact same music taste as someone else there are people who like one artist and then an artist that comes up related on Spotify like who sounds almost exactly like them they're just like no and that's not because a person is defective. <laughs> that's just because that's just because there's a bunch of different things that go into music and there's a bunch of different things that go into us as humans and yep. us as individuals about what we like and not even what we like as far as music. And so it's kind of weird that we've gotta you gotta put together these playlists and we've gotta and we've gotta um, make sure the vibe in a song is the same as the vibe in another song, so that people can vibe to our whole album. And <laughs> it's just, it's just so weird. But it's tragically, it's something that, as artists trying to be heard, which it's not bad to try to be heard at all. You should try to be heard by as many people you want to get heard by. But in order to be heard, you have to. You have to shrink yourself to less than you are. And it's hard to do that. And also remember you're more than what you shrink to yourself too. Sure. And, and that's something that and that's something that I just hope that I will always understand. That I'm always gonna be more that I can put together playlists all day long and I can be added to I can be added to this is singer songwriter, this is um R and B, this is acoustic music for sad people. <laughs> playlist radio but I'm always going to be I always have to remember that I'm always going to be more as a musician and more as a human being than that and it's going to it's going to be hard <laughs> the more the more people who listen to you the harder it is to remember that so 
Yeah, I can see that. One of the things I do like about your music, though, is it feels very malleable. It could fall into any kind of category that you want, because it's like if I did want to have like a playlist of like afternoon slow jams, you would fit beautifully on that and you would fit in so well across so many different like styles of music and even just show lineups. I would be thrilled to see you on so many different rosters because your music, I feel like, is flexible in that sense and can fit in with so much like good company as far as music goes. Oh, I love, I love that and I love that because you aren't you aren't the first person to say that first of all I think that my music is decently mm, I think that my music is decently malleable and um I just love it because like in Jacksonville where I played a lot um I was fortunate to open and I was fortunate to play on rosters with a lot of a lot of different bands and I'm fortunate to kind of play with a lot of cool people in the scene who are doing cool things and it's just it's just so cool because i love a lot of different types of music and as a result of having music that is kind of pliable i can be a part of shows that i really enjoy and it's just kind of like and in the same in the same vein it also encourages me because like it encourages me that I have, I have supporters who like, who like good music and not, who like good music more than genres, at least a lot of the people who I know do. And it's kind of like, uh, if I, if I decide that, you know, I'm trying to, for this song, I'm trying to lead to one direction and this song, I'm trying to lead to another direction, then, you know, it all still kind of feels like me. And I think that's really encouraging. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll follow you either direction. (laughs) It's all going to sound good. Let's go team. (laughs) I love it. So last year you put together art school poetry, right? I did put together art school poetry last year. So how did that come together? (laughs) That was my, that was my graduating year of high school last year. Um, Oh, wow. I know. It's crazy. Congrats. Um, (laughs) Thank you. It's not. High school is not easy, despite no. what adults and what real adults and stuff will say. So plug everyone who's listening right now. It's okay if you're in high school, if you're in any schooling, it's okay if you think it sucks, because it most likely does, and your <laughs> feelings are valid. Don't let anyone tell you that they're not, because <laughs> I think that you're right. But um, yeah. I went to an art school, as I said, I was at this art school called Douglas Anderson in Jacksonville. And um, these songs that I put together, they were at different times during my senior year of high school. They were all written, they were all written in the same senior year of high school. And they were just like, and they were just kind of, I just needed to get stuff off my chest about high school because high school is was not fun it was and not high school in general like not the school in general just the year that happened around around that and just without like getting into too much it was just it was just a lot for me to handle and it was and it was like a period in time when my when like my depression and 
um, just like bad thoughts and everything. They just kind of surrounded me at different points during the year. And these songs kind of, kind of capture every, every month that I was kind of going through something, these songs kind of captured that. And um, I just put it together because I was like, I just need a way to, I need a way to deconstruct how I was feeling and all the bad and terrible stuff that was going on because I didn't feel comfortable telling a lot of people like just the brunt of everything I was feeling, but I knew that I needed to get it out somehow. So mm -hmm. I put together these songs and then I recorded them and then I released them. That's awesome. Yeah, that EP is just a really awesome expression, I feel like, of emotion. And it's amazing to hear that there were there was things that are happening that shaped and cultivated that record. It's really well done. I feel like I took away so much every time I listened to each of the songs. Like, um, for your time living here as a Floridian, and even me too, like hearing songs like Tired of Storms, whether it's like about the literalness of oh my gosh. as well as I feel like at one point with the sound clips that you chose to layer, by the way, that was an amazing technique. Um, oh. Yeah. I, I loved it. it. I felt that that song, that song is to this, to this day, I think that that song is like, I don't think it's one of my, I don't think it's my favorite of all time, but I think it's, the most important song that it I've is. ever written, you know, because it's like, because, and thank you for mentioning the song clips because I actually released this EP in June mm -hmm. um, on SoundCloud and um, it didn't, and that was just kind of like a dem all the demos of that record. And then I went back to it and I just, went back to the mixes and the masters of all of all of those clips when I came back to it and just and just in between the year between like the month I re I wrote the song and recorded the song in the month that I came back to remix it and remaster it just so much stuff happened and yeah. I wrote that song I wrote that song at a time when I thought things couldn't get any worse like mm -hmm. just the stuff that was happening in Florida um, just the Hurricane Irma, like destroying homes and our president not really wanting to get involved with it because I don't know, he had more important things to do, I guess. But um, just like the, just like all the stuff that was happening, my hometown, something that like Baltimore, I have a really soft place in my heart for Baltimore. Yeah. And just like the riots that were happening there I think that those happened like a year and a half-ish ago and just before before I released the song and just all the stuff that was happening there in like the city that still hasn't kind of recovered from like the injustice that's been done and like the just the racial and like minority minority injustice that's happening all across the country and all across the world like the slavery and the um and the people who are still in bondage that like a lot of Americans and a lot of, a lot of um, fortunate people just don't know about. And yeah. it's just like so much stuff happened. And just, I was telling, I was telling, um, I think Anna and Brian earlier, like the idea of the idea of the layering was that it was supposed to 
it's supposed the words tired of storms it's kind of like a it's kind of like a plea to like for me it's for me it's god and we all have people in our lives who can take that role of people who we look up to people who we think are ultimately are ultimately responsible parties and people who we ultimately think have our best interests at heart and it's just kind of like a plead the words are pleading like stop <laughs> stop the rain like stop making it storm and yeah. then the the layering it's just supposed to get louder and louder until the point where it's disorienting and until the point where you can't really hear the you can't really hear the melody anymore you can barely hear the music it's just all this loud distortion and fuzz and booming and that's like that's like my mind right now <laughs> that's like my mind in these moments where all these terrible things happen where devastation reaches different parts of the country where racial injustice has been done where injustice against women has been done like stuff like that it's just crazy how how disorienting like multiple reports of this kind of stuff mm -hmm. can get to you and i mean i just i enjoy it every time i get to play that song it's just it's like a healing it's like a healing song to me yeah, even though I, yeah yeah at that point it's like you're you're having a really important conversation about so many issues that are plaguing so many communities that intersect and such and i immediately got that from the song and i find myself every time i listen to it i can hear sometimes because you do have different like broadcast reports are layered within it yeah. and i hear something different stands out to me every time that's being said whether it's about like one of the one of the shootings whether it be a situation of the weather and stuff and it's like uh, your ability to let it build up like a literal storm in that sense and the way that it's like storms impact people whether it's mentally or physically in that sense and you do a really beautiful job just exposing that like metaphor and in your music and literally and such it's just amazing i i highly encourage everybody i'm gonna make sure the song is actually within this episode because it's just so powerful uh, thank you so much i i really enjoy that song and i would encourage i would encourage as many people as you can if you can find it then you can listen to it because i think that that and i guess we'll talk about it later but join my book club those yes. are like those are the those are what i consider to be kind of like my proudest musical moments so well let's talk about joining about my about joining my book club talk about writing and putting together that <laughs> it was it is not it's not really a fantastic story but i was sitting on my couch at home and i do this thing I do house shows um, where I have some of my friends over and they play acoustic sets in my living room. Mm -hmm. and I call it book club. And I was just sitting at my house a day out on a Saturday after a Friday show. And I just felt like I needed to do something. <laughs> I just felt like I needed to write something. And so um, I wrote, I wrote the song. Um, I think it was actually for one of Absent the Father's um, writing challenges on Twitter or something. Just write a song nice. today and post it. I was like, I'll write a song today and post it. And I posted it on Twitter and it got some response. And then I was like, I just kind of need to record this. And so I, 
I just got out my laptop and I just put it together and I'm super happy with how that kind of how that demo kind of kind of came out and it kind of re it kind of re it showed me like my love again for like recording and stuff like that and just putting songs together um because the last last time I did that was August before I did before I put that song out and I want to say November but yeah and shout out to shout out the forum because um the forum is a band from Gainesville slash Orlando and they played my show and they one of them left their electric guitar here at my oh, wow. house and they had a gig on Tuesday or Monday of that week or something. And so their electric was sitting there. But one of my friends said that they were bringing an electric for me to record demos on. And so I thought that that electric was the electric I was supposed to record demos on. <laughs> so when I was recording the song, I took this guy's guitar and I recorded the entire song. And then I was like, this guitar is really nice to be like an old guitar that someone just kind of lent me for demos and then the lead singer of the forum um his name is michael he texted me and was like hey um nick left his guitar at your house and i was like oops so <laughs> that so that's the story it's the lame story of how i used someone else's guitar by accident <laughs> i like that hey you got to borrow a little bit of that that artist for a split second and i know not a really that's cool demo got to channel the artist you know? there you go that's why that demo sounds so good <laughs> because of the forum there we go shout out to the forum then i love it yes so um yeah you've had uh you've, you've released a lot of music over the last year or so which is awesome especially with like the ep and such um what do you really want listeners to get out of your music, especially with like your more recent release with like art school poetry and such? Well, what I want people to get is that, um, hmm, it's okay to be sad. <laughs> you know, it's okay to feel, it's okay to feel things, you know, um, so, and it's okay to feel things that aren't sadness. And, you know, it's, Ultimately, I just want people to understand that it's okay to it's okay to be in tune with the emotions that you have, and it's okay to drop the ball. A lot of my high school experience, I felt like I was dropping the ball, and I was felt like I was dropping the ball with um in in terms of school, in terms of music, in terms of my relationships. Across the board, I felt like I was just not doing what I needed to do. And I just felt like I was in this inescapable hole of just mediocrity and not even mediocrity, just not performing, not doing what I needed to do. And as a result, I kind of sunk because I just saw all of these things from other people um, who were doing what I thought they were supposed to do. And the success in school success in music success um figuring out what they wanted to do in life success in church success in faith stuff like that and i just from the whole of my high school experience it was just feeling sad about not being as good as other people and 
the, what I want everybody to understand when they listen to this music is that, you know, everybody is falling in some other area of their life. And I wish that wasn't true. You know, I wish that everyone was okay in every area of their lives, but it's important to understand that everyone is human and that everyone has the days that they fall and everyone has the days when they mess up and feel less than. And it's important to understand that so that you don't compare yourself to other people. Because if you don't understand that, then all you're gonna do is look at how other people are doing and make that the barometer for your own success and make that the gauge at what you judge yourself, which isn't fair to you because all you see is all you see is the good of any person and you're burdened with knowing everything about yourself. But it's okay to fall, but it's important to know that you're important and that the world is ultimately better if you get back up again. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really well said. Yeah, I really appreciate the vulnerability that you're willing to expose about yourself and owning your emotions and stuff. That's one of the most important things I think people can do, whether it's artistically or personally. And that's just so awesome to hear you just own that. That's really cool. So thank, thank you for you that. So much. It, thank you. Honestly, I just work hard at that. And I'm trying, I try to be as transparent as I can. And because no one, no one was ever truly helped by a non-transparent person. <laughs> like, That's true. So, yeah, no one was, no one was helped for the, no one was changed for the better for a long time because of a non-transparent person. So that's ultimately what, it's ultimately what I try to do. And that's what I try to be. Because, yeah. That's why your music's so powerful, I think, is because of that. So keep it up. It's amazing. Thank you so much. And thank you for all that you're doing just in, in the scene, just kind of to speak a little transparently a little more. It's very, I don't, it's very rare that I find people who are like less minorities and less black people in my scene. But it's also very rare that you find people who are actively like helping. And I just feel like this podcast is such a cool vehicle to help everyone, you know? Um, so many times I've been at shows and I've been on lineups where I'm, I'm the only person with any color and, <laughs> and, um, and it's just such a, it's such a weird experience because it's it's inexplicable to it's inexplicable to someone who doesn't have a minority or a marginalized experience to say why you're uncomfortable at an all white show that's just it's just really hard to explain to a white person why you aren't comfortable at an all white show and no i get that <laughs> these feelings it's just and i'm sure that I'm sure that women, I'm sure that LGBTQ people, I can't speak for their, can't speak for those experiences, but I can speak for myself and just not even as a black person, but just as someone who isn't in a, who isn't really represented in a big scene. Mm -hmm. It's just like the indie scene, it's hard to find people who look like me, but talking about it makes it better. 
So absolutely, really, really appreciate this. Well, I'm glad that you're able to join and talk about that experience because that's one of the core reasons why I do this. I one of my hopes is to get like other people of color, other women and non-men and people of the queer community together, whether it's on a local level or on a national level, like, hey, we exist in this space and we can talk about it. And it's kind of cool. And folks actually end up networking as a result. Right. But yeah, it's, it's, it's important. And uh, it, I'm glad that you feel comfortable talking about the experience because I, I feel it too. Because it's like, I go to set sometimes and I'm like, sometimes I'm the only Mexican in the room. They all <laughs> the color in the room and I'm like, okay. And it's one of those things where it's like, you don't want to get used to that feeling ever. You want right, to no. see more people of color in that space. No, of course not. Like I, I try to be, I, I try to be very social, a sociable person. <laughs> it's been hard. It's hard to be a sociable person when you're uncomfortable and, yeah. and uncomfortable, not, not necessarily because of what, someone does at a show it's just like you're uncomfortable because in any place where you're not represented you're going to be uncomfortable and yeah. that's just and that's just a and that's just like a fact like um I just it's taken me a long time to kind of be myself at a show no matter if I'm playing it if I'm seeing it um it's taken me a while to be myself at a show and just really understand what it means to be myself at a show and to be involved in the scene while still advocating for people who look like me and people who don't look like me to come into a scene. And um, I mean, just talking about it, it just builds an opportunity to network. It builds an opportunity to kind of, for people in the scene to hear, which I think is important. People in the scene need to hear when, when people like us speak. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I need to hear when everyone speaks. Definitely. And I just think it's, this is such a cool vehicle and it's very, it's something important and, you know, keep it up because this is cool. Thanks. Well, here's to 2019 being the year that we keep having this conversation, you oh, and me absolutely. directly and everybody in the scene. Absolutely. Let's do it. Awesome. Let's book some cool shows with black people and minorities and women on them and everything. Let's make it happen. So <laughs> speaking of that, can you tell me a little bit about like your live show and maybe what are some of your favorite songs to play out? Oh, okay. My live show. <laughs> every time, every time I say I'm going to switch up my live show, it just doesn't work. Like <laughs> I've been trying to not, I've been trying to not just play acoustic guitar at my live show for a long time, but all I do is play acoustic guitar. And it's, <laughs> it's really cool. Um, the thing, I think that me as a person, I think the next step for me is, um, is being really consistent in, in my practice and in my preparation as, as a musician, just because I'm, I'm a decent musician and I know all my songs, but like, in a band, you practice with your bandmates and you get things really tight and really clean. And I think that that's the next step for me is approaching it like, approaching it like, like the truth, which it is, is that I'm an important person and I deserve to play my music as best as I can. But that all that to say, currently, sometimes I 
sometimes I don't even know my set list, like when I get on stage or when I get in front of people. And that's, and that's a fun feeling, but it, sometimes it gets, sometimes it gets too much. Cause like, sometimes you need to know what's going on. Um, <laughs> but um, it's uh, acoustic. Um, sometimes I stand, sometimes I sit. Sitting is really fun because it relaxes people. And that's ultimately what I want people to feel like. People should just feel like it's okay to be relaxed at a show. And um, favorite songs to play. Man, I love playing I Can't Make You Stay. Mm, I love I that love, song. I love playing that song so much. Just, just because I just like how it sounds. Um, I like playing music because I like how it sounds. That's so dumb. But um, <laughs> I, I like playing Join My Book Club. I try to play it as much as I can. I like, I like it because it's short, but it says everything it needs to say. Mm -hmm. And it's also fun to sing. And I like Semi-Shattered. And Semi-Shattered is probably my... F it's... I Can't Make You Stay is my favorite song to play live. Semi-Shattered is great because there, there are a lot of da's in the chorus mm -hmm. and I have the audience sing the la da da's. So it's really cool. It, yes. it sounds really good. There, it sounds really good and um, I, just, I just really enjoy it. I enjoy getting people engaged. At the last show I played in Jacksonville, I didn't even have to tell people to sing it. They did. And that was cool. That's, That's an good. awesome moment. I know. It's like, I don't have to hold your hand anymore. Like, sad <laughs> songs with me. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I semi-shattered. And there's also a new song that I wrote called Get Back Up Again. And I think that one is a very important song to play live because it adds context. It adds context to the rest of my songs. I don't believe that you're just supposed to go through life sad. I think it's okay to be sad, but I also think that it's also important that we as people recognize that being alive is, is important and being alive in this moment is like weird and amazing because mm -hmm. being, because existing and being sentient and of your own free will and making your own choices is something that one, not everybody gets and not every being on earth gets. And also being alive in this moment, knowing the people that you know, it's just, it's unfathomable that we as humans exist. And I think that that needs to be guarded. And I think that our lives need to be enjoyed and that we should live our lives like not without any fear but we should live our lives with courage and um i think that that song contextualizes the sad songs that i've had because before before singing this song it really seemed like i was just like a sad kid just like a really sad dude but i recognize that it's okay to be sad and it's okay to be down as long as you get yourself back up again. And that's why I enjoy singing this song live because it's okay to feel any feeling that you're feeling at this moment in time. 
but it's really important that we get back up again, you know? So that is probably one of my more favorite songs to play live as well. I love it. Well, I can't wait to hear that one at some point because that sounds like it's going to be something, another addition to really powerful collection of music you've got. That's for sure. Well, yeah. Um, Tell me when I I can plug my future projects. Right now. (laughs) You can plug right now. (laughs) I'm plugging my future project right now. Um, Today, what's the date today? Today is January 13th on March 19th. Um, uh, yeah, on March 19th, I released my second EP and my first poetry zine called We Only Talk About Love in the Winter. And that, yeah, that comes out Mar- on March 19th. Ooh, exciting. On Spotify, that'll be on um, iTunes, Apple Music. That'll be on Napster, I guess, <laughs> if you have that. And <laughs> um, yeah, and it's really just, and it's me being intentional about treating every song that I write like art, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I have a theme and I have things that I want to address. And one of my favorite songs of all time, Get Back Up Again, it's going to be on that. And um, I'm just really excited to release it. So March 22nd, that's, um, we, only, we only talk about love in the winter. And that's my next project. Wow, I'm really excited to be able to check out all of it. March better come fast, that's for sure. Oh, not too fast. I still have to record it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, one of the questions I always like to throw in at the end of an interview, and maybe you're familiar with this, is I like to ask if you could play with any three artists, musicians, bands, um, on, on a, it could be three, on a lineup they can be currently active or you can bring them back from the dead think of it as your own little festival or showcase who would it be oh my goodness Ooh. yeah <laughs> i saw this question coming but i didn't see it coming if that makes sense <laughs> um man well i want to play with julian baker oh that would be amazing julian baker is just a fantastic songwriter and i think they've captured not they they capture um and i want to be not careful but i want to make sure that i'm explaining this correctly but i think that they capture diy not in how they go about releasing their music they release their music on a record label like the definition of not DIY, but just the DIY in the essence of their music is raw. Mm -hmm. The music is real. Her music is powerful and her music is just, she's such a talented individual and just how she produces these records and how she produces these albums that all have these underlying themes, but they're still the same. And she does all the instrumentation and plays it all. And just seeing her live on a stage, it's just like overwhelming. And just how she networks as well. Like she brings her friends together and they make a super group, not because, not just because her record label made her do it, but because, you know, she values music and because she values that the music that they 
create together. And mm-hmm. I think that's really powerful and I would love the opportunity to play with her. Um, number two. <laughs> um, I think I would enjoy playing with, there's this, I would enjoy, I would want to play with Daniel Caesar. Um, I love his music and that's pretty much the reason I want to want to play a show with Daniel Caesar. I'd also want to play with him because his R&B influence and his voice in particular is something, is an essence that I'm not, I'm not trying to copy, but it's an essence that I would love to bring to my own music. And I think that playing with him and being just in that kind of space would just help me so much because like I, cause like I've captured and I've played some of his music before and just the way that he's able to bring the R&B and able to bring like R&B with an old flair into like modern setting is so cool. And I would just love to play with him and just capture some of that vibe. Um, and PJ Morton. PJ Morton is another R&B artist. He's a fantastic singer, a fantastic songwriter. Um, and the reason I'd love to play a show with him and love to put him on this really weird lineup is because um, in a lot of ways, he has a song called Claustrophobic. And in the song he addresses, he addresses being black, he addresses being growing up in church and he addresses playing music in church all of his life. And he also addresses record labels and how, and different people and influences and how they try to change you, how they try to change your music and how he fights to be genuine throughout it all and be true to himself. And as a result of being true to himself, he's been able to connect with audiences, be successful, start his own record label and um, sign his own artists and be nominated for Grammys and different awards and everything like that, like two years in a row. And I think he's just a remarkable human being, a remarkable musician, and I would love to play with him because a lot of his experiences mirror my own. So that's it. Julian Baker, Daniel Caesar, PJ Morton. Damn, I love this lineup. I love how excited you are about these people and how they've contributed to music. And I always like asking this question because like it's my positive vibe to the universe for people to have these kind of opportunities actually come to fruition. So I want you to play with these people. Julian Baker, if you're listening to me right now, then book me for a show. Hell yeah. I would love to see that happen. I would drive to Orlando in a split second if I knew you were opening for Julian Baker and frankly, any of these people. Look, if I were opening for any of these people and they said, sorry, we don't have an Orlando date, but I would drive as far as I needed to. (laughs) I would travel as far as I could. That's awesome. Like if I needed to swim, I would do it. Pretty sure. I love it. Well, awesome. I hope these opportunities come for you because you've got the talent, that's for sure. Thank you so much. And thank you once again for having me. And thank you for letting me talk a lot. I really appreciate it. Of course. Well, where can everybody keep up with you on the internet? Okay. So, um, 
I tell people all this. Um, Instagram, my handle is ej.hervey. That's H-E-R-V-E-Y. So ej.h-e-r-v-e-y. Um, that's where you can keep up with all of my uh, cool stuff where I'm playing, um, see cool pictures that people take of me for some reason. Um, <laughs> and just, I'm probably most active on there. Twitter is EJ underscore Hervey, EJ underscore H-E-R-V-E-Y. And I also post my shows there as well. I post a lot of like, I post a lot of like my, um, just recordings that I've made of songs that I might or might not release. I talk to people a lot on there. Um, so, and I'm really sociable. So if you like say hi, most likely I'll say hi back. And SoundCloud, I'm just EJ Hervey on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Um, that's where I post a lot of my demos and everything. So a lot of the stuff that I wouldn't necessarily release on like Spotify, Apple Music, stuff like that. I will post there because I think that I think that it's important that people know that I'm not always just like done up, you know, like I can put a rough recording together. And I just think it's important to constantly work on my music. So I I'm gonna be more active on those. I haven't really been active on those in a while, but I am gonna post a lot of my demos and stuff on there. And then Spotify, Apple Music, Napster, Google Play, Amazon Music, all that weird stuff. Um, it's just CJ Hervey. So come hit me up, listen to music, tell me what's your favorite, and even tell me what your least favorite is, I, I guess, if that's what you're into. And, <laughs> um, yeah, but keep up with me, because I'm going to there's, – there's a really good chance in the next two years that – I will probably come to your city if you live in America. It's really, it's a really good chance. I'm, I'm doing like a lot of the East Coast this year, I think. And then next year I want to do a lot of the Midwest because I've never been to the Midwest, really. So that's what I'd really like to do. So hit me up. And that's all of my, that's all of my stuff. Awesome. Everybody's got to follow your cool touring adventures coming up ahead and stay tuned for the zine and the, and more music. So yes. keep up, follow EJ. Yes, please. <laughs> Thanks for joining. Absolutely. Thank you for um, having this conversation with me. I really loved it. and I really appreciate it. Um, you're going to go far and you're going to do big things and let's be genuine together folks. Heck yeah. Several other states now in the possible path 
And I want to show you this tonight. This image coming in, that's the eye again. And even if the tides do swell, the buildings on that island are gone. EJ Hervey. Thank you so much to EJ for sharing your love of music and your plans for your next release. Central Florida is an exciting place to be right now in music, and EJ is joining the ranks of a really solid community. That's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, community. When you're a part of a community, it's important to consider your role and how you impact the others in it. That means not just throwing a big party or buying attention, but instead it's about how you take care of the people that you say that you value. That means helping each other create platforms, using your voice to help others be heard, stepping up when there's an abuse of power or platform, and focusing on how to sustain and support the honest, hardworking people in your scene. And DIY doesn't mean just doing it for yourself. It really means doing it yourself. And for me, that means stepping up and making a true contribution to art in the people who are making it. I'm encouraged by so many friends who share that view, and I'm hopeful for the future because of them. So let's keep building on that in 2019 on this podcast and in the real community. How can you help? Well, that's it for this week, but you can always keep up with me online. Follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for regular updates. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Overcast, and so many more apps. Leave a review on any of the apps. I would love to hear from you. I'm always booking guest spots, so hit me up at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com. Whether you write and play music, run a blog, take photos, work in publicity, or book shows, this can be a space for you. So send me a link to your work, and let's chat. Until next time, stay angry, and ask how you can help your local DIY community.
I'm 